Scripture passage I wanted us to hear together this morning is from the book of Genesis, the well-known creation story in chapter 1, the sixth day of creation. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the earth, over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in God's image. In God's own image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God saw everything that God had made, and indeed, it was very, very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So everybody is trying to figure out how to celebrate Thanksgiving in this year unlike any other, right? It's all over the media, but we're getting mixed messages. On the one hand, JB and Lori are telling us just don't do it. Stay home. If you want to celebrate with family and friends, do it virtually. On the other hand, United is adding 1,400 flights for the Thanksgiving weekend, fewer than last year, but a lot nevertheless. AAA tells us that 50 million Americans will travel for the Thanksgiving holiday. Once again, fewer than last year, but still a lot. We're all wondering if we can bring our college students home safely for Thanksgiving. It's all making me very nostalgic for Thanksgiving in 2019. For my family, 2019 was an Annus Mirabilis. Both of my children married the loves of their lives, and then a beloved niece also got married, and another beloved niece is expecting the first grandbaby from that third generation. And so, of course, on Thanksgiving Day last year, we all gathered at my house to name our good fortune. Kathy and I have a very small extended family, but 12 of the 14 of us gathered at my house. Too many to fit in the dining room, so we pushed two large tables together in the living room, the largest room in the house. And before dinner, we played this game. Everybody wrote their blessings on a three-by-five card, and we threw them into a basket. There were over a hundred of them. Every one of us wrote at least ten blessings on these cards, and you got points if you identified the correct namer of that blessing, and you lost points if your particular blessing was named, was correctly identified. I forget who won or what the prize was, but maybe it was a free pass to skip the cleanup. That game took us over an hour to play before dinner last year. And so, of course, our feast on Thanksgiving will be smaller and quieter this year. My son and his wife will stay in California and the cousins will stay in Grand Haven. And it will just be the four of us who have been sheltering together in my house since June. Perhaps the same is true of your family, but maybe what we should agree on is that if our external corporate celebrations need to shrink and be quieter and smaller this year, our internal doxologies need to swell and enlarge. Even in dark times, maybe especially in dark times, we need to acquire the proper praise to the unstinting benefactor who speckles our lives with benedictions, yes? 
In Arundhati Roy's novel, The God of Small Things, a man is trying to explain to his children the evolutionary history by which God shaped the earth. And he asks his children to imagine that the earth, which actually is 4.6 billion years old, he asks his children to imagine that this 4.6 billion year old earth is actually an earth woman who is 46 years old. She was 11 before the first simple organism, single-celled organisms emerged from the sea. She was 40 before the first simple animals emerged, the earthworm and the jellyfish and things like that. Just eight months ago, when she was 45, the dinosaurs reigned on the earth. And then he tells them that the whole of human civilization began just two hours ago, as long as it takes for us to drive to South Bend. Archaeologists tell us that the human species has been around for only about 2.3 million years, the equivalent of two hours in a 46-year-old woman's life. When the earth entered middle age, God made a new creature and endowed it with a large brain, an erect carriage, opposable thumbs, the gift of language, a sense of humor, at least in some, and self-consciousness for all. For the first time in the eons of eternity, the Lord God was not alone. God gave this new creature God's own face and a little something of God's own mind at the beginning of God's own heart. God called this new creature Imago Dei, the image of God, because more than all the rest, the human being wore God's face and did God's work. And that only happened at the end of the sixth and last day of creation. My favorite priest, Gregory Boyle, the founder of Homeboy Industries in L.A., says, God created us because he thought we might enjoy it. God created us because we'd enjoy it. We might as well spend our days telling God that we do. Before he died in 2016, Houston Smith was probably the world's leading authority on the world's religion. University of Chicago, Ph.D. in philosophy, by the way, Houston Smith. He said that in Arabic, the word for infidel describes not someone who disbelieves, but someone who is ungrateful. In Arabic, infidel and ingrate are almost synonymous. The infidel is not someone who gets his doctrine wrong, but who gets his gratitude wrong because the infidel covers up and hides God's blessings. Leads, uh, leaves them buried and undiscovered in darkness. What if, what if on the last of all our days, when all the deeds and accomplishments of our lives are tallied up, the good giver were to hold us responsible not just for what we've achieved, but for what we've seen, what we've noticed. The question might not be, have you achieved anything, but have you seen anything? Have you ever been undone by the beauty of life? Have you ever prayed the prayer, why me? Not in complaint or lament, but in bewilderment that one such as you should enjoy the extravagant blessings from the first day 
until now that God has showered your life with. When at the birth of a little child, new life comes crying into the world, or when on a village street the ginkgos shed a shower of saffron upon your shoulders, does the unbidden, spontaneous prayer leap into your mind, Dear God, thanks and thanks and ever thanks. We can't let the infidels win. We can't let ingratitude prevail. And I know, here we are again. It's March. There are soaring infections and surging death tolls, crowded hospitals filled with vented patients. And yet, and yet, Elie Wiesel says those are his two favorite words. Is it dark? And yet the morning will come. Does tyranny reign? And yet freedom shall prevail. Is the virus winning? And yet a vaccine will come. If Elie Wiesel can see, say that with all that he's been through, surely we can say that as well. And yet, terribly rough year for our students. And yet I watch these teachers from AJN and Sears and Nutrier mobilize flexibility and patience and resilience and creativity. They pivot left and right. My daughter teaches second grade. Some of her students are with her in the classroom on campus and others uh, learn from home virtually, which means that she teaches with a laptop, an iPad, a projector, and a document camera so that all the students can be together and learn in one place, sort of. She can write it down with this docu document camera. Eight times eight is 64. And the kids who are learning at home can be there with her. Her classroom looks like Michigan, Mission Control in Houston. Crowded hospitals full of vented patients and yet... Doctors and nurses and paramedics just refuse to quit. With unyielding valor and shrewd intelligence and deep and growing experience, they save who they can and weep for the rest. In times of plague and racial discord and political hostility, people are not always at their best. And yet... Everywhere I go, I find people of inexhaustible patience and good humor, general competence, and unyielding grace. The books I read are noble, my friends loyal. The things I buy don't break as a rule. And once in a while, even the wolverines and the bears manage to eke out a victory. One day this summer in Michigan's Leelanau Peninsula, I was riding my bike around in the dunes and I started climbing this hill. I swear the incline was 55 degrees. Jesus didn't go up that straight when he ascended into heaven. The sign said 18 miles an hour. I said, what a strange speed limit. Why not 20 or 25? The sign said 18. And so I decided it wasn't a limit. It was a challenge. I tried to get up to 18 miles an hour, but I couldn't break 10. That sign mocked me all the way up. But then when I got to the top of the dune, there they were in the west, a disk of molten gold 
melting into the waves of Lake Michigan and spreading its ember across the waves. And behind me in the east, a giant harvest moon, almost as large as the sun and almost as bright, rising above the dunes. The two great lights, the emperors of the air, the sun to rule by day and the moon by night. And behold, it was very, very good. God created us because he thought we'd enjoy it. We might as well tell God now and then how much we do. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, amen. Now, friends, the deep peace of the running wave to you, the deep peace of the flowing air to you, the deep peace of the quiet earth to you, the deep peace of the gentle night to you, moon and stars pour their healing light on you, the deep peace of Christ, the light of the world to you. Amen.